Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ranking Big Ten quarterbacks. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who smells like a plumber. Oh, wow. Thanks. That's me, Ryan Newman. You're welcome. I'm also joined by the other brother, who's a work of art. That would be me, Trey Newman. Now, Michael, let's not have a Rocky podcast. Oh, great. Way to join in the fun, Trey. (laughs) We are on to episode three of Quarterback Rankings Week. This is the Big Ten. And before we get into it, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. And let us know uh, throughout the week what you think of of our lists we want to hear your biggest disagreements uh but don't don't yell please don't yell at us no we're we, michael can't take it we're i can't, i really can't i thought i almost i almost went crazy over the uh the arkansas head coach uh sam pittman, pittman. why does sam pittman's name always escape me because <laughs> well i won't say why yeah okay anyway uh let's uh let's get to number 14 here with uh with the big 10 all right, number 14 from Rutgers, Art Sidkowski. Unfortunately, it be, it's become a yearly tradition for <laughs> Art. Uh, but this is, really isn't a knock on Art or Rutgers because I'm, I'm higher on Shiano and Rutgers uh, in the future than, than maybe most are. Uh, but in year one of his era, it's, it's still going to be a struggle. Uh, the Big Ten is a beast, especially in the, the East, and it's just really hard to make a strong case for for Sitkowski to be up a few spots given his track record. Yeah, and you know, we can't forget about the 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 Nebraska transfer uh coming in Noah Vedral. Um he has a a chance. I mean, it's he's played sure. a little bit at Nebraska and he was okay. Uh, a little bit same thing at UCF, so he could he could compete for that job. Yeah, you got Johnny Langan who played yeah. last year obviously not well, but uh but yeah, I guess I guess we'll we'll go with Art and Honestly, last year before he requested to to redshirt, he wasn't horrible. Which it was better is, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it wasn't better. hard to be better than uh, the freshman year of four touchdowns, eighteen interceptions. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe with uh, the coaching of Sean Gleason at offensive coordinator, I really like that hire. Maybe yeah. he can be better. Fair, I, I think so too. Um, okay, let's move on to number thirteen here. Um, Yes, Rocky Lombardi, Michigan State. You know, I, he's going to have some some stiff competition. I think Theo Day may uh, may give him a run for his money. He may come in and save the day. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. not if Peyton is a thorn in his side. Oh, wow! Peyton Thorn, yep. the redshirt freshman, also so, in the race. So there you go. There's the there's kind of the QB spot there for for Sparty. I guess we'll go with Lombardi just because he does have the most experience, even though it's bad experience. Um, <laughs> But man, they they're gonna have a new the new offensive system. So you're hoping that is able to shake things up a bit because um, it's just been so ugly the past couple of years. I mean, it's it was definitely a 13 spot for me. Yeah, I yeah. think if you're a Michigan State fan, you're hoping that it's not Rocky Lombardi. You're probably hoping for Peyton Thorne or Theo yes. Day just because the you know you haven't seen them yet. You haven't seen them struggle. Yeah, Lombardi. He had that. He started that first game he had a year or two ago against Purdue. It was like lights out. And then ever since then, it's just been way downhill, sub 50% passer, um, you know, and just 
in terms of our rankings, the fact that we don't know who the clear QB is and no matter kind of who it is, it's going to be tough to grade. Uh, but Mel Tucker has his work cut out in year one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, getting to number 12, it is Josh Jackson, senior quarterback at Maryland. And obviously Talia Tungavaloa, if he gets a waiver is going to be in the race. Uh, Lance Lejean, the, the four-star redshirt freshman is also right there. So, I don't think Jackson is going to have a, a very long leash. Um, and, you know, I, maybe this ranking is a little bit harsh because he did have a decent run at Virginia Tech. And he last year he, he was like, okay, decent, I'll say, but it, it was maybe decent. He wasn't. Yeah. And the the second year when the, the start was was not so bad. Um, but, you know, he last year was was awful, obviously, for, for Maryland. It started out well and then just went way downhill. He struggled with injuries. He struggled behind one of the worst offensive lines in the Power Five, um, so there's excuses. But 47.3 percent completions is is hard to ignore. Yeah, I I think he'll start. I think he'll get the nod, but I don't think he'll ultimately be the guy that finishes. Whether it's Tagovailoa, um, but who it's, I just don't think he'll. Maryland's not going to be very good. I don't expect them to compete for a bowl game again. So it's I think they'll go with the younger guy towards the end of the year. Okay. All right, moving on to number 11, Spencer Petras of Iowa. Uh, you know, Iowa just seems to have a system kind of similar to Wisconsin where every year their QB just tends to do just enough. And in some cases, uh, the numbers tend to be better, better than what you would kind of think. Uh, they're, they're usually pretty efficient, get the job done, don't always move the needle in terms of, you know, rankings like we're doing. But uh, Ferentz spoke pretty highly uh, of him in the off season, and I don't see why he can't lead to Iowa or lead Iowa to some more success in the West. Yeah, I was the highest on him. I, I had him at eighth, and I, it's it's tough to gauge. Obviously, we haven't seen a whole lot out of him, but he was a solid recruit coming out of California a few years ago. Um, and he's gonna be in a, he's gonna be his third year now uh, at Iowa, so he's gonna have the system down, plenty of time to get acclimated and uh, get in tune with that with that offense wants. And I just think he he fits the mold of the the Iowa quarterback and. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to come in and outperform what Nathan Stanley did um, for a few years there, but Nathan Stanley wasn't like he was incredible. He'd had some good seasons, you know, Um, but I just don't anticipate much of a drop off. I I think he'll be able to, he's got some weapons to still to use um, and he has a big arm. He's got a a talented arm so he can stretch the field real well. I just, I would be surprised if he wasn't pretty good. You know, if it was, if you, that's kind of the way I would almost looking at it. Yeah, he might he might be too low here because I would agree that production wise, I wouldn't expect a huge drop off because in large part because of the receiving core this year, I think is is really good for him. So he's got some pretty good talent around him. Uh, and he's also I mean, he's not guaranteed to be the starter. They got the redshirt freshman Alex Padilla and then the true freshman Deuce Hogan coming in from, I believe, Texas was mm. uh, had some good offers. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some decent options. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to uh, number 10. We got Brandon Peters. Uh, yep. So he's going to be the guy uh, y- this year, even though, you know, Isaiah Williams a couple of years ago, or maybe it was about a year ago, he was big-time recruit, four-star, played a lot. Uh, but it, Peters is still is going to be the guy. Lovey has pretty much stated he's looking forward to building off of the first year, and, you know, he's super important to the team, whatever. So, um but, but Isaiah Williams is still going to get reps. There's really no doubt about that. 
Um, he was okay. I mean, he wasn't good by last year, but especially if you just look at his his conference numbers, you know, half half of his uh, passing TDs came in the first three non conference games. Um, so, and those were some really horrible teams. They actually lost one game. <laughs> they lost Eastern 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 Michigan. Oh, but, yeah. You know, I was thinking maybe Isaiah Williams might overtake him at some point this year, but I don't know. You, you take a look at their schedule again. You got. They're not conference. Listen to this: Illinois State, UConn, and Bowling Green. All, all that's, come. That's to great Illinois. scheduling, right that there. That is the worst. I, that might be the worst schedule in the entire country. It's, like, it's pretty rough. It's horrible. So, but, that, you know, but that's, what, have, that's what Illinois should be doing. If you know they're I trying know, to get to a bowl I game, I'm not blaming them. It's just pathetic. Mm-hmm. And then their first Big Ten game is you know who Rutgers. So they very well could be four and zero going to Lincoln, Nebraska. So wow. Yeah, top ten, top ten, Illinois. After? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I was thinking maybe they might bench Peters if he struggles, but you know, if you're four zero, it's going to take a lot. Lovey's uh, Lovey's beard should be grown in real nice by then. Well, he cut yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. He no, shaved I know, it off. But I know, but by that time, it should be in Going season form. Strong. I don't know. the The concern for me with Peters is, uh, well, notably that he had a couple concussions. Yeah. Uh, last year, so that's one thing to kind of keep in mind, but. I just, I really just don't know how much better Peters can get. And that, for that matter, Illinois, Illinois was very fortunate to get to a bowl game last year. I mean, I, I understand they beat Wisconsin, but it was very ugly the way they did it. Um, they had that huge comeback against Michigan State. Like they had some fortunate breaks, I guess, um, that went their way. And I just don't see a repeat or at least exceeding that much more. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is probably a pretty good spot for, uh, Peters because, he did have the best season an Illinois quarterback has had in at least five years, but unfortunately, that's just that's not saying much. He was 101st in the nation in <laughs> yeah, uh, yards per pass attempt from so. MJ Rivers. Yeah, so he's he's fine given given uh, what Illinois quarterbacks have done. It's it's a step up. Yep. Okay, number nine here we have Dylan McCaffrey at Michigan and. Obviously, he's the the more mobile option in the quarterback race. There, the the other uh, guy he's competing with mainly is the sophomore Joe Milton, who is is known more for his strong arm. And you know, I think whoever wins this battle is is going to be pretty good because they're both former four stars. They've both been with the program for a while. And Trey, you and I were were higher on McCaffrey, but we both had him at eighth. Ryan, you were the lowest at eleventh. Yeah, I'm not what, high on McCaffrey. What's the deal? What's I'm the deal? You're behind. You have him behind Peters. Yeah, I'm not high on uh, on McCaffrey here. I, I don't think he's going to be consistent enough through the air uh, to really to become a solid quarterback. I know he's got some athleticism and he's got some wheels, um, but I just don't. I don't know. From what I've seen of him, wasn't super impressed with his arm. So I, I think Joe Milton will eventually be the guy there. Whether or not he starts right away this year is is. I still think Milton will eventually be the guy. He was pretty raw coming in, but he has the he has the higher ceiling of the of the two well i don't know i mean i i've just heard some comments in the offseason you know again it's coach speak but harbaugh has spoken highly on mccaffrey and mentioned his love of his competitiveness and fearlessness yeah you're gonna hear that a lot from a lot of coaches but i just feel like um you know like shea patterson was amazing no i shea Patterson I agree, wasn't that great i i would totally agree with Dylan that they, i feel it, so. like they kind of underachieved with patterson but maybe gaddis's offense now can get some some new life as it just it really wasn't totally totally blossoming with patterson so 
We'll see. Maybe a change is good. Yeah, I think I think the Gaddis offense is going to be more quarterback friendly than you know what we've seen from from Michigan previously. All right. Okay. Moving on from Michigan, we're going to go to Purdue. Jack Plummer. Uh, Purdue just had, we we've documented it on this podcast. They had a disaster of a season last year, but I'm confident in Brom. Um, Plummer had some ups and downs as a freshman last year, but remember he was thrust into the role when the quarterbacks were just dropping like flies there. The whole team was dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, Rondell Moore, of course, yeah, was missed most uh, of the season. And yeah, when your yeah. primary weapon is is gone, that's going to hurt anybody. But he still threw for over sixteen hundred yards in his you know limited time with Rondell Moore back this season. I'm expecting Purdue and Plummer to have a little bit more of a bounce back with Brom. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, it's not a guarantee that Plummer gets the start. You got the junior Aiden O'Connell, and then maybe the UCLA grad transfer Austin Burton, but. uh but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't too discouraged with Plummer given the situation with the injuries and given that Purdue's offensive line gave up the 10th most pressures of any team in the country. So it just wasn't a, a good position for him to be in. Um, but yeah, Brom develops quarterbacks. So I think I think next year will be a lot better. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Brom factor. He's he's great at what he does. And he, he Plummer did have a couple of really good games in the middle of the year against Iowa and Maryland back to back. He had some pretty darn good games. So it's I think the the, the potential's there for him. And I I think he could be take a pretty big leap this year once everything finally gets a little more consistent around him. All right. Number seven, we got Peyton Ramsey. Uh yeah, huge get here for for Northwestern. Uh I come come coming from uh, Indiana and I think, you know, we obviously all would be shocked if he wasn't the starter from day one there. Uh, it's yeah. hard not to be considering what he's coming into. Uh, his stats, uh, if you look last year at Indiana, they were very, very good. 70% completion percentage, over eight yards for attempt, And he's obviously got some wheels to him too. He's a tough kid. Um, now, I, I mean, there's no way he's going to be able to match his numbers at Indiana with this offense at right, Northwestern. Right. We're not, they're not really asking him to, and nobody should expect that. They just don't have the weapons. But I would be surprised if they didn't have a huge jump in QB play um, this coming year. Cause I like Ramsey. I think he's pretty solid. I think mean, it's, he was, uh, he was impressive even before this past year with Kalen DeBoer, even the year before that um, at Indiana, I thought he was, I thought he's been good for a while. Yeah. I mean, if last year was the only year we had to go off of, I think you could, you would argue that he should be higher on this list and he, he certainly could. I think the two years before when he played a lot is my, my one concern. Now he wasn't bad, but, he was, I guess, kind of average. Certainly wasn't nearly as good as, as he was last year. He took a big step his junior year, and we've talked about this before, but I attribute that uh, a lot to Kalen DeBoer, their their offensive coordinator. He came in, and I mean, he's just, I, I think he's a rising star. He's, he's of course, now the, the head coach at Fresno State. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I still like Ramsey. This is, this is the case that we've talked about this week of kind of judging a quarterback based on the situation he's in, because... If I just look at it in a tunnel and I just looked at Peyton Ramsey alone, I would might have him higher on this list. But then when I factor in the fact that he's going to that Northwestern offense, that's what kind of had I, I it was made me check myself a little bit and and keep him here because it's just really hard for me to envision Ramsey making a, that much of a difference. Like to take Northwestern from the seller in the Big Ten in terms of offense to like the top half, I just don't see it happening. But that's not sliding Ramsey. I like Ramsey. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, moving on to number six. There must be some mistake because he should be number one, but it's Adrian yeah. Martinez, quarterback for Nebraska, and he's uh, he's our pick to beat out Luke McCaffrey for for the starting job. And I am the highest, actually, which is rare. I'm usually not, you know, yeah. drinking the Kool Aid for for Nebraska, but I, I had him fourth. I acknowledge Ooh. I could have easily put him as low as seventh or eighth, but taking the the glass half full here. So, and actually, you know, I will say that I looked at Athlon; they had Martinez fourth in their Big Ten rankings, and twenty four seven Sports had him fifth. So I was kind of surprised I was actually kind of in line with uh, some of the national opinions. But but here's my rationale: so freshman year, as a you know a highly star, highly recruited four star recruit, seven and a half yards per attempt, sixty five percent completions. Over a two to one touchdown to interception ratio, ratio over six hundred yards rushing, it was a good year. Like we've seen it, we saw him play very well, and he was just just a true freshman. And this year, with you know hopefully an improved offensive line, everyone back there, better injury luck than he had last year. I think he's going to bounce back, not to Heisman levels, obviously, but I think he'll be pretty good. Yeah, I think the. I mean, if you actually look at his stats from this past year, it wasn't as bad as you might have thought. It was okay. That's true. You know? That's true. It, and so, but I think the the main drop off, obviously, you kind of mentioned injuries, but it was just yes, he had injuries. the The team had injuries, but I think the the, the talent though was just significantly worse. Um, and th- there wasn't a single player that really could stretch the field vertically. Um, plus, all the receivers were like my height. You know, five eight maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there just there just wasn't anything really to work with. Um, a lot of those things seem to have been addressed. At least the 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 receivers they got they brought in the number one overall JUCO wide receiver uh, Omar Manning, who's six four two twenty. He's supposed to be you know pretty explosive player, and then they got another highly rated four star wide receiver, true freshman. So then add him to uh, Wandale Robinson, returning running back. All five are starters on the O line. It would be surprising if he didn't have a better, a pretty significantly better year than last year. Yeah, and if if we'll we'll get into it soon, but comparing him to the next few guys on our list, as far as potential wise, I mean, he has every right to be in the top third of of the Big Ten um, if he if he has a season that mirrors that that freshman year. Yeah, he he could shoot up the rankings. You know, it's 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 yeah. in there. It's in there. It's just at the where Ryan and I are kind of that boat where it's like now we just kind of want to see it. Yeah. 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 And then, and two, I mean, I feel like we've been very positive here. So we've got to really address the negative. Like fumbles. Fumbles are a huge issue and doesn't seem if to be you getting get, If your last name is Martinez and you're a quarterback and you play for Nebraska, you're going to fumble the ball a lot. <laughs> yep. So there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some bust factor here, but yes, we'll see. All right. Moving on to Sean Clifford of Penn State at number five. Uh, you know, everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I myself, um, I'm very high, I'm usually high on Penn State because I love James Franklin. And I expect Clifford to improve, but I just don't, I don't, the problem with him is I don't really know how high his ceiling is. Um, I would, you know, looking at last year, he, he started eight and oh, but it wasn't really all because of him. Um, he still ended up completing overall 60% of his passes, 23 to seven touchdown interception ratio. Um, but if you really look back at the games, the game log, he was pretty subpar against the superior competition. Um, so if he can take over a game 
this upcoming season early on, like a, like a Michigan or a Virginia Tech, um, then to me he'll start to validate uh, his his higher ranking and and could maybe even take Penn State to that next level. I mean, they finish keep finishing in the top ten, uh, but no, yeah, the next yeah. level is playoff, I guess. Yeah, which they want They want to be a. They want to be, be in the playoff. playoff. I guess yeah. is kind of your point, I guess. But I feel like he's a little underappreciated. Maybe he had a real. He had a pretty darn good year last year. If you go back the year before Trace McSorley's senior year, Clifford had a better passing statistics that than uh, than McSorley did. McSorley brought a little more, obviously, on the ground. But I don't know. I just he, he was he probably. He, wasn't even necessarily supposed to be the guy. Tommy Stevens was always, we thought was going to be the, the guy coming in. And Clifford was kind of taken by surprise. Um, and I, I thought he did really well. So yeah, I had him fourth, which I mean, isn't much, much higher, but yeah. I think it's pretty good. I think I'm more in line with, with Trey's opinion. With you, to, to your point about the game log, in the final 10 games of the season, uh, Clifford had 60% completions only twice. So just... I don't know. He he needs to take that next step if if Penn State really wants to be a, a true playoff contender. Obviously, the defense is going to be so great that maybe even if he doesn't take a step, they've they've got a shot. But uh, but yeah, he, you'd like to see him get better. And one one stat that I I read was Pro Football Focus graded him with more turnover worthy passes than big time throws. So again, a subjective criteria, but something you'd like to see improve. All right. Well, let's move on to our four, number four here on our list, Michael Penix. Um, so I had him fifth. I had him just behind, actually, Sean Clifford. Um, and I, I was I was actually pretty close to putting Penix behind uh, Martinez, actually, as well. Um, so here's why he, he he had good stats, no doubt. Um, not amazing, but it, they were good. Uh, he but he he played in six games this this past year. Five of those games were against the following teams. Eastern Illinois, Ball State, Maryland, Northwestern, and Rectors. So you got by far the worst three teams in the Big Ten, a MAC school that had a losing record, and an FCS school. So I want to see it versus decent teams. They won five of those games. Um, and the game they lost, they actually lost to Michigan State. And Michigan State went on to lose five in a row after that. So before I put him ahead of a guy like Sean Clifford, who took his team to a top 10 finish or anything, I need to see it against quality competition. And, you know, he does lose Kalen DeBoer, so that's going to be a factor. So I just, I don't know. He just played against such subpar competition that I can't justify putting him ahead of Sean Clifford. All right. I mean, I guess you make a pretty good argument there, but I just think the the numbers he put, even though it was against bad competition, the numbers he put up are, are just kind of hard to ignore. 69% completions, 8.7 yards per attempt. Uh, he's a good runner when he when he chooses to. And just the fact that he was ahead of Peyton Ramsey, who we all think is is very good. So I think that says something about his his upside, his skill level. Of, of all the quarterbacks in the conference, Penix is probably the one I'm most excited just to watch. Like mm-hmm. I want to tune in and see what he does, and I hope that it, you know, I hope he can overcome some of those uh, hurdles that you were talking about, Ryan, and 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 transform into a good quarterback for Indiana. Okay, so we are to the top three now. Number three is from Wisconsin, Jack Cohn, and I was the lowest on him. I honestly was probably too low. I had him sixth. But my thinking for for putting guys like Penix and Ramsey ahead of him was they were in in less talented offenses than than Cone was. Um, a lot worse offensive line in terms of pa- pass protection. 
They didn't have the luxury luxury of, of Jonathan Taylor taking away most of the the attention of the defense. And yet still those quarterbacks performed roughly as as well as as Cohn, even though in Penix's case it was a small sample size. But uh but yeah, that was my thinking. I mean, there's not much negative to say about Cone. He was his efficiency is is hard to hard to argue against, but he's in a good situation. Yeah. I knew you were, I knew you were gonna make that argument about the supporting cast and that's why you you would put him low. Um, well, I, I knew somebody would, but I got two words for you, Michael. Or Alex Hornibrook? Really exactly. Alex Hornibrook. <laughs> uh, That's a good point. Case closed, man. He was terrible. Well, was okay. Terrible. I mean, he was, he threw too many picks. He was terrible. Okay. We, I, I think that's hard. That's part of, of being a quarterback. <laughs> the other thing that we need to, we need to mention is Graham Mertz will, um, will apply a little bit of potential pressure in the off season, but Cone obviously seems to be the guy, uh, you know, it's weird looking at Cone. He doesn't really intimidate a defense. And my initial thought before kind of researching any of these quarterbacks was I would have him much lower. But for me, he just kind of fell into to the, this the upper yeah, third. Yeah, that's because kind of the way I was too. He, I mean, he was. Yeah, I did not think highly of him. But I mean, seventy percent completions, eighteen to five touchdown to interception ratio, and he kind of got the job done. He never like lit it up. Like he he wasn't having many three hundred yard games, but he just. He, and he doesn't have that NFL talent, but he's he's safe. And the, with the Wisconsin system that's in place, I just kind of that's why he just fell into place for me. Okay, yep. I think it's not I think like a ringing two, endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I think number two we take kind of a, a big step up here. Yeah, uh, Tanner Morgan hailing from Minnesota. We all had him second, uh, almost three thousand yards last year. He helped Minnesota have one of their best seasons at least in recent history, uh, he had a 180 quarterback rating and it, that only rated behind just behind Justin Fields. You know, you add that fact, add that to the fact that they return their entire offensive line. Um, and they, the offense itself last year put up over 34 points a game. I mean, do either of you guys have concerns about Morgan? No, not anymore. I mean, I did going into last year, of course, everybody did, but after the year he put up, I mean, he had he had a great supporting cast. They, you know, you look at Bateman and, and Tyler Johnson. He does lose Tyler Johnson, which will hurt, but it's not like he's left with nothing. You mm-hmm. already told told us the the whole line comes back, so maybe his numbers might dip a little bit because last year was a pretty special year. Um, things just seem to fall into place, but he's still going to be really good. He's yep. an easy number two. In in last year, there were four quarterbacks who threw thirty touchdowns and had over 10 yards per pass attempt. It was Joe Burrow, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Tanner Morgan. So, pretty good company. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's, surprise, surprise, number one. Oh, wow. Yeah, Justin Fields. Um, we kind of already talked about this, and I've kind of already mentioned this before, but I think he even exceeded the most optimistic of Buckeye fans. Like, I don't think anybody could have anticipated how good he really was and how especially through the air how efficient and precise he was i mean he made them forget about Dwayne haskins like that you know i mean Dwayne had an unbelievable year and fields was maybe better um oh i think he was yeah yeah well you know haskins was great just didn't have the the defense really to you know the defense took a big jump but anyways he was very very good um and he obviously adds a little bit to the ground and if i had to pick a heisman front runner right now fields would be my number one 
Okay, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. So, so you like, mm-hmm. you like Fields because they're. Yeah, I like him over Lawrence. Yeah, Fields and Lawrence are the two co-favorites. Some places Fields is a is alone as a favorite. But what about you, Trey? Who would you bet if they had the same odds? Who are you taking to win the Heisman? I'm gonna go Fields because remember last year Lawrence kind of there was a period where he almost kind of disappeared, even though Clemson was really good. Um, I just am confident that with Ryan Day's offense. Fields is just going to continue to put up huge numbers and they'll have a few more of those big games uh, in the Big Ten and they'll be favored to win those. So I, I guess I would lean Fields as well. Yeah. And I brought this up in, the, I think, our ACC episode, but Fields wasn't even totally healthy last year. His his knee yeah. was a concern. So if he's 100% this year, I mean, it's hard to imagine him being better, but he'll certainly be quicker. And that's one of his biggest weapons. So. Yep, he's a clear number one here. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get some overall overall thoughts here on the Big Twelve quarterbacks. Trey, what do big you think? Ten. Oh, that's Big, big ten, ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny for as big as, or I mean, for as good as the Big Ten has been, uh, and and how the good they are. There's a lot of quarterbacks there that are kind of boomer bust. Like if you look at like three through nine. It wouldn't surprise me if any of those guys flopped, but it also wouldn't surprise me if some of those those guys broke out. There's there's a lot of room for there's not as much consistency there compared to maybe some of the other conferences we've looked yeah. at so far. I'll say the I think there's just uh, maybe more question marks around him. Like you could point to something about really, I mean Jack Cohen solid. You, you kind of know what you're going to get with him, but four on down, I just you can poke holes. Um, so list some of, of the guys that you're you're talking about there. Who that you can poke holes on? Jack, Jack Plummer, Dylan McCaffrey, Adrian Martinez. There's always some. There's some weaknesses in their game. Adrian Martinez had a really rough year. Jack Plummer, not that great, but we're thinking potential. Dylan McCaffrey, we haven't seen it. I'm not convinced Michigan's offense is going to be that great. Michael Penix I already kind of made the argument. He only did it against really subpar competition. You know, Brandon Peters. I mean, the Illinois got so lucky, and he wasn't even that good. So yeah, it's just I don't know. I I, I like Trace. I thought that for as good of a conference as it is. It, not the strongest group of QBs overall. Yeah, who who on the list here do you think has the the highest potential to rise? Because for me, it's at mm. number nine, Dylan McCaffrey. We, yeah, he's. I would agree. He's in a an offense that has a lot of talent, and you know he was a highly recruited player. So wouldn't surprise me if he's top five. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, if you're talking other, actual spots, yeah, I guess I. And then in I terms of agree. potential lower in that. The last from six through fourteen, the two that well, you mentioned McCaffrey, but then like between Martinez and Petras, like they could Petras for sure could make a leap just because he's so far down there. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a mixed bag in there where you just don't know what you're going to get. There's a lot of hope and potential, but we shall see. All right, there you go. There you have it for the Big Ten. Uh, let us know what you think of our rankings in the comments on YouTube. Also subscribe there. Uh, Let us know on social media, again, Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. And we will talk to you tomorrow when we cover our our home conference here on the West Coast. The Conference of Champions. Can you say it like like, uh, Bill Walton, Ryan? Uh, The Conference of Champions. Mm. I'll give it a C. C plus. I I don't want to try it, so I'll just leave it at that. uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast... Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, 
Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.